Where can you pray, really, you know? Alright, let's pray just for, let's pray for the, for the, for the word this morning. I believe God is gonna speak to us. He's gonna speak, um, uh, words of encouragement and a challenge. And He's gonna put a new spirit in us this morning. Amen. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have. On January 15th, 2017, <laughs> the chronological clock keeps ticking, God. We thank you and realize that even this morning is an awesome privilege to sit under your word. Yes. Father, I pray that you will quicken our inner ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will cause your word to speak to us in the way that you want it to, to speak to us. Help me as a vessel, Lord, to deliver the word, O oh God. No more or no less than you would have me say today, God. I thank you and I honor you. And invite your Holy Spirit, O God, into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. The title of the message this morning is The Good Fight. Say, The Good Fight. fight. You know, fights don't always have to be nasty. You can have a good fight. In fact, the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. You know, so um, um, I want to read a passage um, uh, here uh, from First Chronicles chapter eleven. And uh, before I go on there, I, I just want to um, um, give a, a, just share a couple of thoughts before we go into that. You know, when we think about our lives every day and we totally analyze it, life is a fight. We fight every day. <laughs> Some of you fought to get here today. Actually, all of us fought to get here today. If you saw the media and what they're saying about the weather, it's like, well, let's do church online today, you know? But sometimes, you know, the things that are worth it in life, they're not the easiest things to get. You have to somehow get a, a fight to get there. And you know, it's very interesting. When you read through the Old Testament, you find that the Bible highlights so many battles. Sometimes good battles, sometimes bad battles. And uh, there's a lot of fight in the Bible. A lot of wars. And it highlights some, some warriors, you know, that, are, that, 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 that have done mighty things. And, 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 and God came to them and God helped them win the battle and take that city. You know, I think that that metaphor that we can take in the Old Testament is not like it's the fights are over, but there's something in us that needs, that, that, that God has put inside of us that actually desires that fight and to desire that win. We were thinking God is fighting for us. I, that was a great, just a perfect song for today. And I want to pick a couple, I want to read a passage here. Of one of the fighters in the Bible that we know of, in fact, uh, is King David. King David was a fighter. He was a man of war. In fact, he wanted to build the Lord a temple. That was the desire of his heart because uh, the Israelites had worshipped in a tent for so long. And, uh, and he wanted to build a, a, a temple that, that, that for, of worship. And that was what he wanted to do in his life. That was his number one priority when he became king. And God says, hey, hey, hey. I'm not going to have you do this because you have too much blood in your hands. I'm going to have your son do this. But yet the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. And that David will fulfill all of all the things that God had intended for him to fulfill. In other words, he will fulfill the Lord's will. I know 
I look at 2017 with great anticipation. I don't know if that's you, if you're in the same place, if you're looking ahead and you, and you dread, like, I wonder what this year is going to be look like. You know, trials will come in any year. Rain will come every time. But we have to look forward with anticipation for great things if we are in God. He is a good God and He has good plans for our lives. And no matter what we face, we have no idea what 2017 is going to bring. But in order for us to fulfill the will of God in our lives, we have to have a fight inside of us. You can't just sit there and wait for things to happen. God says, I want, I, I want to put my spirit in you, so you have a fight in you, because you have to go and take it. We had that last week, that if you are to go to the promised land, you're going to have to go and take it. In, 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 um, in the wilderness, it comes to you. It's just sustenance. It's just survival. But when you're going to the promise and you're taking heights and you're taking territory, you have to actually move forward. Twelve spies went out there and they were all intimidated. Joshua and Caleb came back and says, I know it's crazy out there. We understand the challenges that we face, but our God is bigger. We can take Him down. I know they're bigger than us, but our God is bigger than them. So you have to have that attitude if you're going to see God fulfill in you, what he has in store for you, you know? All the people in our, uh, uh, people in history that we admire and have left a mark on the planet, they had some type of a fight inside of them. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King's birthday, you know, a celebration, whatever. People get time off and it's supposed to freeze. It's like, how does this ever happen that way? Why would it not happen on school day when you're a kid? You know, it was like, okay, you want that kind of stuff to happen. The day before, on a school day, not on a weekend, not on a holiday. But you know, that guy had a fight inside of him. He had a fight inside of him, and he had a good fight inside of him. You know, just to quote one of his uh, uh, statements, he says, that the end of life is not to be happy, not to achieve pleasure or avoid pain, but to do the will of God come what may. You know, sometimes as we go through history, sometimes we forget that he was a pastor. He was a Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. He was serving the Lord in his mission. And I know some people want to kind of take his legacy and fight for the things he fought for, but sometimes they forget he fought a different fight. He said, love, he fought a love, fought of love. Why? What inspired him? He was inspired to do the will of God. He could have taken it different ways. And why we celebrate him now? Because he showed us how to fight a different way. That you don't have to hate this drives me crazy. I just like, there's some things that drive me nuts. Like people that say, hey, well, well, you hate person. It happens in our, but then you fight the person that you're claiming they're hating on you with hate. You know it's not a good fight. That's when you can say, okay, that's not a good fight. So I'm gonna call you out for not being loving enough, but I'm gonna hate on you to call you out. You know, then it's not a good fight. So as believers, we need to be uh, uh, designing and recognize what's a good fight, okay? So, um, I'm, I'm diverting a little bit, and I want to read the story, because David was a fighter, but he also surrounded himself with fighters. And so this passage in First uh, Chronicles chapter uh, 11 and verse 20, through 25, highlights 
some mighty men of David. These were guys that David took on uh, to go fight with him. These are the guys that, that the Bible called the mighty men. And it honors these guys and some of the heroic deeds that they, that they, they accomplished. And these are the guys that David surrounded himself with. He says, verse 20, that Abishai, the brother of Job, was a leader of the 30. He once ushered a spear to kill 300 enemy warriors in a single battle. Now that's one dude. Let's just make it that clear. He took on 300 people. On a good day, I might take one or two. 300 warriors in a battle. It was by such feats that he became as famous as the three. Now, and they're making clear that David had three other guys that these guys were far superior. But he's taking, just look, look at some of these fighters. He says, uh, Abishai was famous, uh, was most famous of the Thadian, was their commander, though he was not one of the top three. <laughs> There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzil. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing champions of Moab. Another time on a snowy day. He didn't sit down and watch football at home. He chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Now, let me tell you, I grew up around lions. You don't take a lion on a good day. So this guy, this is, well, not even on a good day, on a bad snowy day, he goes on and takes a lion. Once armed with a club, he killed an Egyptian warrior who was a seven, seven, foot, seven and a half foot tall, taller than Shaquille O'Neal. And his spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. What's a weaver's beam? Huh? Benaiah wrenched the spear from Egypt, the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. What was meant to destroy him, he took it around. And, and the enemy was killed by the weapon he was going to use. He, he killed a big guy. This like this made Benaiah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the 30, though he was not one of the three. He was not one of the top three. And David made him the captain of his bodyguard. Now, so we read a lot about David being a warrior, but he also surrounded himself with fighters. God had already spoken a promise for David. David was anointed many years ago as a younger guy by Samuel that he would be the king of Israel. The process from him becoming a king, from that time on and when he became a king, he became a fighter. He didn't initiate the fights, but when the darts came at him, he knew how to fight back. He knew how to protect. He knew he had discernment. Sometimes he ran and hid. Why? Because fighting is a skill that you got to learn. Now, in our lives, we go through every day. Maybe we are not faced with some giant, Egyptian giant, seven foot five guy every day. But we are fighting on different things in our lives. Sometimes you got to fight for our family. Sometimes you got to fight for your job. Sometimes you got to fight for your finances. To fight for your relationship, for your marriage. Some things the enemy wants to destroy, but we have to stand up and say, you know what? He who is in me is greater than he that is in the world. I am not giving up on this, Satan. You've messed around with me too much. You've intimidated too much, but I'm not moving on this. This is where it stops. We've got to have that spirit inside of us sometimes and say, Hey, I'm going to fight for this. 
I know there's a lot of pressure around me. I feel like I'm wanting to give up, but I'm not going to give up because God is the strength of my life. I'm going to fight. You've got to have a fight. And I tell you, you fight the good fight for the things that really matter because there are people out there that go around picking, looking for every fight that they can get. And there are some fights that we pick on that are stupid fights. They, 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 they take away your energy. They take away your joy. They take a, and, and why waste your time fighting dumb fights? I was talking to one of my kids that just had a, you know, flared up a little bit on somebody else and then they wanted to get back at them, you know. And they were just, they got in and yelled at them. I was like, wow, let's think a minute here. You yelled at him because he was really not good. What he did, I agree, you should be angry. Even Jesus was angry. And you know what the scripture says, be angry and do not sin. But think about all the other guys that were around. And when you really acted up like that, was it really fair for them who had nothing to do with what you are upset about? Maybe, I said, what? Let's just think about it. What could you have done differently? Maybe, you said, I get angry sometimes. But when you know that like you're going to react, how about take some steps back and think a little bit and then come back? You might find that you might do better. Because decisions that are made in, uh, in anger, sometimes you could say very regrettable things and so, tell you what about words, you can't take them back. So, you can fight differently and fight a good life. God has put in us a spirit, spirit of a fighter. I trust me. You say, hey, I don't like competition, I don't like what. Trust me, there is a fighter in you. You need to try in that fighter to, to learn how to fight the good fight. Okay, some of you don't believe me yet. You know, today there are some really good games going on. Four or five. Um, uh, please don't call me. <laughs> but you know, we have something inside of us that likes to win. Even when we don't like to admit it. Even when we think like, oh, well, I'm not competitive. I'm not a sports person. I don't like, well, I'll just yield at whatever. No. It feels good to win. <laughs> and it feels pretty bad to lose. How many watched the college football finals? Now, that was a game. It kept me up way too late, and I was yelling on the TV alone. Um, uh, (laughs) But can can you imagine the people that lost in the last second? There's something you feel. There's something you take. It's like, well, you're not a football player. You never walked out. You never did anything, but somehow you are invested in that game. Because there's something in us that wants to, to win. In America lately, we've taken even the Democrats and the Republicans. Oh, I'm on this side. And I'll cheer for the guy or the girl or the whoever. And sometimes we forget that we are one country. And as believers... We need to go back to what the Word says about, I want people to win that I trust their values and what they're going to do. But if, what if they don't? We still have to fight the good fight. 
We still have to pray for the leaders. We still have to remove ourselves from the spirit of the world and not fight a bad fight and fight a good fight. Because when our leaders succeed, it's good for us. When they fail, it's bad for us. Paul is teaching us how to pray for our leaders, political leaders. And when he's writing this, he's talking. Nero was the reigning empire for, 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 uh, for the Roman Empire. He was a nasty man. He eventually killed Paul. But he says, pray for him. Let's pray good for him. I just want to speak to our church family and encourage us as believers to not be caught up with the spirit of the world. When we feel anger, when we feel rage, we need to fight the good fight and fight on our knees. The problem is never, it is never what's going on out in the world. The problem is always what's going on in the house of the Lord. When we correct things in the house of the Lord, when those that are called by His name begin to fight the good fight, things change. Things change. Now, how do we fight for, say, the nation? And I'm dividing a little bit. We fight through prayer. Do we ever engage in political discourse and all that? Yeah. I think believers should. But again, the line is right. We should always do it through the lens of the scripture. How many know that the scripture will always talk to you and challenge you? Yes. I want it. I don't want to tell the scripture what I want it to say. I want the scripture to tell me what to do. You know, sometimes we could, you could go through the scripture, and I've already made a predispo, uh, uh, position, predetermined position, and I want to take the Bible to back me up. Whether it's in marriage, well, you want to really tell your wife, like, well, there's a scripture that says, I'm the head of this house. <laughs> well, here, here it is. It's in the Bible. Well, the same scripture also says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. That he died, he laid out his life for her. To me, that's a taller order than honor your husband. And I can tell you what, dudes, if you do that, you wouldn't have to prove any scripture because it will work for you. I'm not picking on guys because I'm a guy and I, uh, I have my own mistakes as well. But what, what, what my point being is this. We don't want to take what we've decided of what even unbelievers in their whatever motive it is want us to think and then find the scriptures that back up our position. We need to go approach the word of God with honesty and say, God, teach me your ways. Show me your ways. In Hebrews he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I like how New Living Translation puts it. It says, Do not copy the ways of this world, but allow the Lord to transform your life by changing the way you think. Then you will be able to fulfill what is good and perfect will of God for your life. I want to fulfill the will of God in my life. I believe that God has incredible things for my life, for my family, for our church, for our ministry, and everything that he's doing. But I don't want to miss out 
Because I was fighting the wrong fight. I want to be right in the good, perfect will of God. You know, we can get out of that perfect will. When we are preoccupied with the wrong fights. Trust me, you don't have to go around looking for battles. Battles are coming at you all the time. But if we are diligent in feeding ourselves the right things, getting ourselves surrounded with fighters that fight the good fight, like David surrounded himself with some pretty capable guys. In the New Testament we are told that we are to put on the whole armor of God, that's in Ephesians, so that we'll be able to withstand all the attacks of the enemy. So it says that we are not fighting flesh and blood enemies. You know, they were fighting people, giants from uh, Egypt and all that. But we are fighting other things. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter, uh, in Ephesians, he says that we, and we are fighting not people, but we are fighting unseen things. We are fighting demonic powers, influences that want to change you. And you know, the devil takes that battle to your heart. You begin to doubt who you are. You have a dream, a vision. Man, I was going to start up that business this year. Oh, I was going to go out. And then maybe you hit a huddle. You hit a fight. You hit something. And you start doubting, thinking, man, am I, am I, do I really have it in me to do it? What did God say to do it? Then God will give you the strength to do it. Did God say to do it? God will provide as long as we are walking on His will. He never said that if you follow His will, the path is going to be easy at all. He never said that. But he says that he will, ever, he, will, he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He says that he will fight for you. He will see you through. That even no matter what you go through, he will see you through. You keep steady on his will. Some years back, um, um, we were in a, a part of our lives, uh, a time of our lives where God was calling me out of a job to go out and start a business. And one of the motivations to actually do, go out on my own at the time was I wanted to make myself flexible and available for God's service. You know, I was helping a lot at the church and I felt like my job was very confining in schedule and I knew that I needed to do something on my own so that I could be more available for God and His service. And so, uh, and, I, and I knew God, had, uh, it was in my heart for a few years and when the time came in to, pl- uh, to pull in the plug, I've told this story before, but, uh, um, um, things kind of played out and it was going okay and how many know that sometimes that's a scary thing when I was a single guy it was no kids that would have been easy to do but then you have responsibility and, and, and I remember when, when I knew the Lord was telling me to do that I had to pull the plug I remember one of the thoughts um, that I had when the last time when I gave that notice <laughs> It was one of those, there's really nothing that's guaranteed. You might have good benefits, you might have a good income, but you can have the best, most secure job in the world today and not have it tomorrow, trust me. That's happened to people and it happens all the time. And so really the most secure place was really doing the will of God and I had to go in it. But as we went through the process, there's a time that came where we ran into some hard times. It was in the financial uh, side of things, where my business was. And, uh, and we went through that uh, whole big deal in 2008 and, uh, when uh, everything was crashing and everything. And it had a vast impact on our income. Not that we weren't working hard, but it just the, the environment and what had happened to the economy just affected what was coming home. And some months were really bad and all that. And I remember 
uh, during that time, there's a sense on there. I would pray and say, God, do you want me to go get a job? You know, I don't, I'm not afraid to work at work. You know, it's like, was this for a season? Do I need to? And every time I'd pray, I'd never get a release to go out and get a job. I, in fact, um, uh, a couple of times I even got offers and I never really felt like it was the right thing to do. And I, I had a couple, uh, like, uh, like David had surrounded himself with some fighters. I had some spiritual warriors, some really mighty giants that I had praying with me. I wasn't going through this battle alone. And when, when I cannot hear God's voice clearly, I say, hey, brothers, I need you to be praying. If God says anything, you speak to me. I need to hear the, the Lord's voice. I need to know if I need to pick up a job now or not. And every time the answer was always the same. So I knew like, I was like yep, you're on the right course. You're doing the re- right thing. And keep on, keep on doing that. But there's a time I, I remember, you know, it was kind of, I probably was more stressed out than I wanted to admit it to myself. Trying to think how to figure this thing out. And I remember um, uh, during that season, <coughs> uh, at the time I had this dream. It was the weirdest dream. Um, uh, because you know those dreams that seem so, um, uh, <laughs> so real. You wake up and you're like, wow. That was something. It, does that happen to me? Am I just that weird and you guys are just perfect? Okay. But when you grow up in Kenya and near lions and that kind of stuff, sometimes you dream a lot about animals, you know, your past kind of follows you. So this dream was I was in a, in some friend's compound or some whatever. I don't even remember the picture whose house it was, but we were outside like in the backyard and running. And I'm playing, so it's kind of twisted between adult life and kid life. Because I see some figures that I had in my childhood, in, in the dream somehow, weird, huh? I don't know what I ate, Papa John's pizza or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, but the, a lion was chasing us. And the lion was chase, coming after us, and we noticed that. And at the moment, the fear gripped me so bad... I became nearly immobile. And there was a fence right in front of me. I was probably about eight feet tall. And as I was going up the fence up there, my knees kind of locked up. I was so gripped in fear, my knees kind of locked up and I couldn't really climb. How many of you have a feeling like that? Where just Fear can make you immobile. Huh? And right there in the middle of the dream, I had God's voice speak to me. Why are you running? Why are you running? And I turned around and got back and I woke up. So, I started thinking about the dream. I don't think all dreams are God dreams. Sometimes they're just weird dreams. You, you need some good rest, dude. So, I, I'm not, I, this is not about, uh, go read into every dream. But there are those dreams that you know that the Lord is trying to get your attention on something. And when I woke up in the morning and started praying, I said, God, what is it that you're trying to show me through this dream? And the Lord said, you have fear inside of you. You're afraid. You're afraid and you, you're wanting to make a decision based out of fear. And uh, at first I would have said, no, I don't. I, 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 look, at, look at the step of faith I made. And I've been walking by faith and I don't have any fear. It's like, no, no, no. You buried it in the back you didn't admit it maybe to yourself or to others, but inside you were afraid. And I have not given you a spirit of fear. 
I've given you your spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Um, uh, another verse says that watch out, watch out. Let me give you that so you can write down and read it. For it's a good one to, to memorize because uh, I have it written down here. This is for you. Okay? First Peter 5, 8 and 9. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. Looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your face. That's what the Lord gave me. You know, the enemy goes, prowls a lot. He says, stay a lot. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion. Again, he is not a roaring lion. He's a knockoff. He goes around like a roaring lion. And the only time he can take you is when you respond in fear. Because if you stand up, he says, watch out. Verse 9 says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. So, fear is an enemy of faith. If the enemy cannot make you afraid, he can never win against you. So we strengthen our faith. That's why we're told to fight a good fight of faith. And you know the Lord showed me that, and it was so freeing for me that time. And I realized I had to confront that fear. I had to confront that fear and know that, hey, the first time I gave that notice and I went on through this whole process, God is the one who was leading me. And he's the one that was going to see me to the end. And you know, that, that time there was a significant shift in my own spirit. And things started to get better. Because that God had dealt with something on the inside of me that needed to change. I was able to turn around and fight the good fight. Amen. I don't know what God has in store for you this year. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe your marriage, maybe your job, maybe your career, maybe a dream, maybe a book you are going to write since you graduated from college and you've never sat down and written the book. I don't know what things God has put in your life heart to do. You're not going to be able to achieve any dream, any vision, any of thing that God has in store for you if you don't have a fight inside of you that you could take it back to the devil. He draws around to intimidate you, to tell you, oh, well, you, have you seen how many times you've messed up? Oh, oh, no, no, God's given up on you. No, He's never given up on you. You might have failed even yesterday. You might have failed many times before. But you've got to have a fight inside of you that says, no, I may fall. Even seven times the Bible says a righteous man may fall, yet I will rise again. You've got to have that fight inside of you, and it's a fight of faith. Now, you can be immobile through fear. You can be immobile or you can lose a lot of energy fighting the wrong things. Ephesians reminds us again that do not fight flesh and blood. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers in the, in the dark world. So don't waste your energy. Don't use up your thought life. Don't preoccupy your mind with the wrong battles. Because you will use the same amount of energy 
to fight the wrong battles. And when the real good fight comes, you've got nothing left in the tank. So invest your time in the word. Invest your time in prayer. Surround yourself like David with other fighters. That's why we have prayer and fasting uh, tomorrow and the next three nights. Now I know the weather is going to be crazy. Uh, who knows what it's going to be like. But if we don't have a meeting tomorrow night, what's up for it? Still pray. Yes, yes. Still fast. Still take time to invest in the good fight. The spiritual battle. And the Bible says that the battle is won first in the spirit before it's realized in the natural. The same was true in my life and that season of my life that was great hardship. Something inside won. When I had a true honest conversation with the Lord and when he confronted the fear I had inside of me and I said, God, you are right. I had it at the back of my hand. I tried to bury it, but it was there. And now I know that you are God. And God said, you know, when I dealt with the inside, there was freedom. And things started coming together. And God began to increase us and increase. And at that season, I realized God was preparing me to become the pastor of this church. We were not even... If I had not taken that job out of that job at that time, it might have been, probably I wouldn't have been ready when I was ready. Who knows what, I, who knows what was going on. But God had His plan all along. And he knew that I needed that season of adjustment and be able to go forward. And God began to bless us and things began to come to place. And, and, and sometimes some things I didn't even work for, God just brought to us. And, and you know, and we started seeing increase and increase. You know, and the Lord says, hey, I want you to go now and serve me. <laughs> you know, it's a journey. But we fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Amen. How many are going to allow God to put that spirit in you? of a fight? It's already in you, but use it for the right reasons. Use it for the right battles. Fight the good fight of faith. Amen?